Are you tired of the hustle and grind culture that seems to have taken over entrepreneurship? Do you dream of a business that not only thrives, but also gives you the freedom to live life on your terms? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Freedom First CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Shayla Burton, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this journey to true freedom. On this show, we dive deep into the strategies, insights, and inspiring stories that will help you build a business that allows you to work less and vacation more. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just starting out on your business journey, our goal is to provide you with actionable tips and the mindset shift needed to achieve your freedom lifestyle. So let's jump into today's episode. Today, I'm joined by Lee Hurst, the founder of Purposeful Living. Lee guides people towards their purpose while equipping them with tools to become the best versions of themselves. She works with individuals from all walks of life, addressing a wide range of challenges. Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on here, Sheila. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Now, let's jump right in. For people who are not familiar with you or Purposeful Living, um, why don't you tell us about you and your work? So my work with this started 12 years ago, and it was called Awaken Aging. And my background is psychology, social work, and gerontology, which is the study of aging. And so I thought, what a wonderful thing to do to teach people who are aging, which is all of us, how to consciously age, you know, pick the right choices so you don't end up in a nursing home. Let's get nursing homes out of our system, you know, because as long as we're leading the life that we want to live, there's no reason for us to end up there. And so that was the beginning of this business and it failed. It failed every day. Every single day, people did not know what awake and aging is. They would say, I'm awake and I'm aging every day. And people would come to my studio and they knock on the door and they'd say, can I see your anti-aging products? And they just, I knew what it meant, but nobody would, nobody understood it. They're like, it's a good idea. But, and I stuck with it. I just stuck with it. And finally, um, a friend of mine took me for coffee at Starbucks. It was a six hour meeting where he kind of, he's a very tough guy and he was just hammering it into my head. He's like, sweetie, nobody knows what that means. No one. You're the only person that knows what awake and aging means. You have to change the name, you know, and like with a lot of things with humans, once we're comfortable in something, it's really challenging to create change. And so I asked my following back then, that was 2016, you know, I asked them about different names. They kind of knew things I was doing. I was practicing energy work. I was, I studied sex and aging. Um, I'm known for sex and aging and I'm known for death and dying, the two taboos, right? And so those are some of the things I was doing back in 2012 and, you know, all the way up to 16. And I didn't have clarity on my vision. I, you know, I really thought it was aging, aging. And another teacher of mine says, it's not aging. That's what you've studied, but that's not your offering. And so I sat with it and a lot of fans and followers, you know, they helped me. And 
I really was guiding people to look at living in a different light. And so purposeful living was created because we're all, you know, we all want to live with purpose and at different stages of our life come different purposes in our life. And so since I have an actual brick and mortar building, I knew I'm from Reno or I'm here in Reno, Nevada. And I thought when people see my sign, if it just says purposeful living, they might think it's church or something, you know, and then that really sort of could block you know, some different people and things like that. And so it's actually, people call it PL, Purposeful Living, um, but Purposeful Living Healing Center. And so whatever that means to people, and I, like you said, I have all walks of life. I just had my nine-year-old client come in last week and he's been seeing me for a while and he's, you know, he's got his hands up and he's in the picture and he's explaining to me the anxiety and anger that he's got. I'm like, at nine years old interesting and teaching him about you know different sound healing and looking at things differently you know and then I have clients all the way up to 95 wanting to come in and talk to me about full body energy orgasms you know (laughs) it's all walks of life all different things but it is really amazing to think in March it will be 12 years old for sure wow so it sounds like you do a few different things. So like, what are your, do you have any main services that you offer? Yeah. So, well, last week I just did a speaking gig um, at the spa on peaceful transitioning, teaching people that, you know, we die how we live. And so, you know, that's a big thing for me as people always want for me to speak on death, but mainly when people come to see me or they book an appointment, it's 90 minutes and it's really to guide them out of a funk that they're in or where they're stuck. And I make a mind map for them. So maybe a little channeling is involved of things that I like hear and feel that I need them to see. And I provide them with homework. And that doesn't mean they have to get it done next week. It could be in five years when they feel more in alignment with it. Um, I do chakra balancing, you know, and I work with a lot of sound, a lot of sound. I have a gong from Italy. I have these tubes that help bring chakras into balance that were made in Poland, tuning forks, singing bowls. But for me, it's really just being guided to where the person feels stuck. So if the people who are listening, including you, if you think about putting your hands, both hands on your belly, mm-hmm. just holding your belly, just holding that spot and taking a deep breath and notice if you have tightness in your belly, that's where we hold a lot of our fear. That's the solar plex. And we hold so much fear in that belly. If we can remember to breathe into our belly on a daily basis And even see space coming in between our ribs Mm -hmm. and coming from a place of that, it's easier to connect to our purpose and not be connected to the chaos that is provided to us on a daily basis from the world. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you got started 12 years ago. So were you working? I'm assuming you are working like maybe a job. What 
made you decide to become an entrepreneur? I've always been an entrepreneur since I can remember since three years old. So this is something a lot of my following enjoys hearing is I got looking at, I was probably four or five and I grew up in the suburbs outside of Detroit and the ice cream man, this is back in the seventies, right? The ice cream man would come by and all of us would look and we're like, oh, no money to get ice cream. This is so unfair. Where do we get this money to get this ice cream? And so I got thinking about it and I was like, if we had a product, you know, this is, this is me at four or five years old, probably four. We had something to sell to people. We could get enough money to get these ice creams. And so down the street, this guy named Mike, he had all these white rocks in his flower garden in his bed. And I thought those would be perfect. And I walked down there with my bucket and I filled up my bucket, not thinking that I'm stealing, right? <laughs> taking the white rocks and I brought them and I brought all the neighborhood kids and brought my crayons out. And I said, we're going to color designs on these rocks and sell them so we can get money for ice cream. Mm -hmm. And I was the teacher back then, just like I am now teaching people how to connect with different ways to think out of the box. And so we color, we'd spend the afternoon coloring these rocks. And then at first I went back and I would, you know, do my best to sell them to the neighbors and not too many people wanted to buy them. But then I went to Mike's house and then knocked on his door. They were his rocks and he bought all of them and he gave me all this cash. And I was oh, like, wow. Oh, it worked. It worked. And he put them back <laughs> in his flower bed <laughs> and we got ice cream that day, you know, and it was just like, wow, this is how this works. Using your creativity while guiding people you know, they're being the best version of themselves. And, you know, even if they can't, everybody can color, but they're tapping into their artist energy and yeah. we're selling something for getting to, you know, do what we love to get ice cream. So yeah. I think I've always just had that entrepreneur spirit since I, who knows, maybe it's even in past lives that came through. I don't know, but I yeah. definitely had it my whole life. That's a cute story. It, and it just reminded me of something that I've never thought about. When I was younger, me and my best friend, we wanted to make money. And so we said, oh, we're going to start our own uh, business selling fruits that we just took out of the refrigerator and put on plates. And I do remember us ringing doorbells, but I, I don't believe we made any money. So I think that's great that your your neighbor bought the rocks from you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just ways that we can, you know, use the intelligence of our mind and leadership. You know, I know I've told myself I was a thought leader or even just a leader since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. encouraging and guiding people. Hey, you know, have you ever experienced this? Or what is your favorite thing to do? What lights you up inside? Because that's really our purpose in life is to do, you know, what we needed to do to come here, not really uh, punch a clock and listen to a boss. And, you know, I mean, uh, when people do work for me with internship, volunteering or collaborating with me, they're in so much fear that they're going to do something wrong. Well, Lee, how did you want this done? Or Lee, how should I be doing this? I'm like, what does your intuition say? Hmm. Because it shouldn't be me telling you, this is how, you know, Shayla, this is how we need to get it done. That's not my purpose. 
My purpose is encouraging you to listen to your intuition, to use your creativity, to share that with who needs to be hearing the message. Wow. I really love what you just said, because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who have teams. And one of the things that they struggle with is control. And so a a common a common thing that I hear entrepreneurs complain about with their team is that their team members don't take initiative to just do things or make decisions themselves. But what the problem is, is that the entrepreneur or the business owner has wants so much control in how everything is done. And they question when things are done a different way, even if it's not necessarily wrong, it's just different from the way that the the business owner would do it. And so I, I think that's wonderful that you, you know, give your team the the opportunity to listen to their own in, intuition and and follow their own way. You know what that is? That's um, people who are who are like that or who are wanting to be in so much control and not encouraging others that's called ego. So if we remove the ego out of the equation and encourage our employees or volunteers or interns or collaborators, coworkers, you know, for them, that they're not robots, that we're not like, you know, they are not slaves to us. If Mm -hmm. we encourage them, we would have a whole different society, whole different society. You know, people would, uh, I mean, that we don't have time to get into that, but there'd be less stress. There'd be people on um, less anxiety medicine. You know, we would, if, you know, we're bigger corporations, our um, premium for insurance would be lower for our employees because they would have less stress. Yeah. So it's, it's a wonderful thing. And one other thing I wanted to kind of mention is I was at a conference that I love to go to a few years ago. I can't remember the speaker's name, but he just, he, he worked for all the big companies like Facebook and all that. And Instagram had just hired him. So he went to work at Instagram. And one of the things is he, he said he got up every day and he looked at his list of 40 different things to, on his to-do list before he walked his dog. And he says, what can I move today? What, what do I not have to do today that I can move maybe to the end of the month? So sort of rescheduling his day to make it a little bit less. And then he started working at Instagram and he said he went there and they had the different conference rooms were named something, you know, different, you know, I'll meet you at such and such room. And so he asked one of the employees, he said, so, you know, where are we meeting at? And the, and the coworker or employee said, oh, we're meeting in uh, UMADBRO. That was the name of the, that was the name of the room, the conference room, UMADBRO. And so this guy, I cannot think of his name. He took that word and he broke it down. And so when you break down UMADBRO, it's you mad bro you mad bro so you know it has the the sensation of anger in there 
and intensity. And do we want to really sit in a room that's labeled that with anger and that intensity? And so the first thing he did at Instagram was change all the names on all the rooms. And so they, the coworker came to him one day and he says, Hey, whatever the guy's name is, you know, which room are we meeting in? And the guy says, in the present moment. Hmm. So imagine even just the play on words, the energy of words of where you're going to be meeting, you know, just different things to change up the energy of the workforce. You go from something that as soon as you say, you mad, bro, it's almost like you're asking a question of somebody. Are you mad to yeah. where we in the present moment? Wow. Mm -hmm. So I there's so that. many ways to just you know, change the energy structure of entrepreneurship or these big corporations, but it starts with learning these things. Uh -huh. Yeah, that that's a good point. We definitely use words and not really thinking about the the true meaning because I'm sure that they named it that just to like kind of be funny and uh -huh. didn't even think about about the real meaning behind it wow. yeah yeah I love I love I mean and that's just kind of how I teach is that awareness of things you know it's really becoming aware aware of your surroundings the people that are bringing the energy <clears throat> whether it is other employees volunteers clients what energy are we working with you know what are are we just being led in a robot society or are we tapping into our own intuition and our own creativity while we release fear? Mm -hmm. wow. What do you love most about the work that you do? Mm -hmm. Seeing people light up, see them get, I, you know, just even um, seeing you you know, while we're talking and I'm giving you these ideas, I can see the wheels turning <laughs> and to know that, you know, they're going to implement some of, I like to call it like our spiritual toolbox. Mm -hmm. So even taking that story from Instagram, you know, the Instagram story and putting that in your toolbox and becoming more aware of how you speak. Like I do my best and teach my team and clients and following not to use the word try because it's just blocking what you want. So yeah. I used to have a different team and anytime they would say, try, they'd have to put a dollar in the jar. I said, anytime that you post about purposeful living on your social media, or you talk to somebody or you're in an interview and you say something, try, you owe, you know, a dollar that jar got filled up the first week and we donated it to a women's shelter. And then we did it again. And again, they said, is there any way please Lee, can we just have a break from, you know, and I said, it just, as you speak, so it shall be as you speak. So it shall be when I'm using the throat chakra bowl, because I know that people have a hard time speaking their truth. I always tell people, my words are my medicine. My words are my medicine. And that's, that is truth. You know, as you speak, so it shall be. It's total manifesting 101. I love that. I, I read something similar. So um, you stated not to use the word try. And then I had read something 
where we shouldn't use the word but so like uh for example I want to go on vacation, but I don't have the money. So maybe I should stay. I want to go on vacation and I will find the money or something like that. Um, I heard that when you said, but I heard that block, that wall go up and it creates mm -hmm. that fear and doubt in our mind. And yeah. so it's, uh, hey, Shayla, by the end of the year, I am going to be going on vacation in Oregon. Done. So it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's those I am statements. Yeah. A lot of power and energy behind those. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely have to be careful about the words that I use because they are negative. And I don't, I, I guess when I say them, I don't think about how negative they are. But yeah, I, I definitely need to use different vocabulary when I'm talking about myself. <laughs> I think you're doing pretty good right now. I haven't heard any fear or doubt or anything. I think you're doing a really great job. Yeah, it's been something that I've been actively working on for sure. It's fantastic. It's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> Yes. So let's talk a little bit more about, um, well, actually, let's talk about freedom because that's what this podcast is about. But I understand that freedom means something, you know, different to different people. So in your life and your business, what does having freedom mean to you personally? Mm. Oh. That's a heavy one. So first time I really thought about freedom, I had been in a marriage, a very toxic marriage for 20 years from the time I was 17 until my mid to late thirties, I guess. Okay. And, you know, I didn't really know how to function as a woman by myself without having was was my husband. Uh, that's a word for everyone. was Right. Uh, yeah, was my husband without him being there, helping me and doing things and guiding me, you know, into adulthood and lots of toxicity there. And when he, um, it was interesting, I got up on a Saturday morning and we had been having all these problems and him and my son's suitcases were packed with boxes by the door. And he says, Oh, by the way, we have a three-month eviction notice. They're evicting us next week because I haven't been paying rent this whole time. So good luck for you and the girls, you know, finding somewhere. And I never had lived on my own. And I was like, what? How was I so checked out in the marriage that I didn't even know what my bills were? An eviction notice and all this stuff. That was a wake-up call real quick. Yeah. And so you know, then we ended up getting a divorce. He ended up marrying someone else and the girls and I moved into this little tiny apartment. And this was back in probably 2007, 2008, 2008 when we got the divorce. And on Friday nights, I would come home and lay on the sofa and cry because, you know, my family was broke up and the dream that I had been telling myself, you know, my whole life with the three kids and white picket fans and da, 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 all the things that are supposed to be, were not true anymore. 
Mm. And I'd lay on the sofa and cry my eyes out thinking, you know, he's got all this freedom with his new wife and all her kids and, you know, all telling myself this story, why to injure myself and hurt my spirit. And then all of a sudden, Shayla, a couple, I'm going to say a couple months went by. I don't even think it was like, it wasn't six months. It was maybe three months. And I, you know, it's Friday night and I'm like, oh, and he, they're probably going to go out on his new motorcycle and do all these things. And I'm stuck here with no money and this and this. And so I'm getting my mind set into that motion to go on the sofa Friday night, cry. Da, da. And I laid down like I had been doing every Friday night. And I laid there and I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? What am I doing? I have freedom. Oh my God, for the first time in my life, I have freedom. I sat up and I was like, oh, Lisa took Brian. I was like, that woman gave me my freedom back. I no longer have to ever deal with football as long as I live ever. <laughs> I don't ever have to have that in my house. I don't have to deal with the seven, eight showers a day that he did. You know, all the things that had bothered me that I probably had not mentioned or said were coming up because those were now taken out of my life to give me freedom. And so when we look at something that might be what we consider tragic or a tragedy, it's actually, can we look a little deeper and see the blessings in it? And that was the first time that I really in my life had felt freedom was on that Friday night. Now you asked about freedom in my business and I don't know if that's where we're headed for that. Yeah. Um, if you want to go to that or not, but you know, I haven't had a lot of jobs in my life. I've had my share of them, mm -hmm. but they're definitely not for me. They're yeah. definitely not for me. And um, one of the things that this is really important for entrepreneurs is I did a long time of holding on to my job and running my business because I'm like, I can't, I can't make my business run without a regular job. I can't go without health insurance. All the, I can't, I can't instead of I am. Mm. And what is that creating fear in the solar plex? Even just telling you that right now, I can feel my belly kind of start to tighten up because we're telling ourselves such a story of things that we can't do and why we have to work for you know, big corporations, or we have to work for other people. If we have that drive inside of us, and we know it's supposed to be, if we trust and feel that intuition, it, everything is so easy now. Mm. And that's a mantra to tell yourself. It's all very easy now. My brother taught me that. And I fought him on it. I'm like, it's not very easy right now. <laughs> and he's like, just what you're telling yourself. It's all very easy now. And that was a mantra I used for a few years, but still held on to that job. And then there was a, I was an activities director for Alzheimer's clients, hundred and something of them. And that's a lot of fun, you know, going through, getting them excited and everything like that, getting them up dancing and stuff. And then I got looking at my paycheck and this was a few years ago and I was looking at it and the boss, the executive director was very toxic and treating everyone really terrible, really terrible. And I would just, you know, he would, he might have a headache and he's all stressing and he had his morning meeting and, you know, complaining to us and all that. And I go get my little peppermint essential oil with geranium. He said, I don't want that effing bottle of headache medicine. 
I'm just going to sit it here on your desk, roll it on your, you know, temples. And when you're done with it, just find me and bring it back to me. You know, because all we can do is not buy into that kind of BS. Right. Finally, you know, he kept, this was my last actual J-O-B. He kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. And I'm not one for change. It's one of my struggles. And finally, there was one day that he was just so inappropriate with raising his voice and treating me really terrible that that voice inside of me says, no one gets to talk to you like that. Right. Between him doing that and looking at my paycheck, that I was struggling to hold on to that paycheck because I got health insurance with it and I was getting the $300 a week. And I was like, what am I doing? For God's sakes, Lee, you have a master's degree. What are you doing? And I gave him the letter and uh, he says, how do we not align with your values? And I said, well, it was during COVID. I said, you're keeping all these Alzheimer's patients locked up in their rooms and not letting them out. And that does not align with my true core values. And he's like, fine. And he threw my my paper up in the air and he's like, see ya. I was like, okay, nice to meet you, Bob's 14-year-old boy. Wow. I took myself to lunch. I came back. And he says, I'm going to give you one more chance. You don't want to go without health insurance. Insert fear, insert fear, right? Right. He says, you can, you can have your job back, you know, and he's, you know, acting like he's doing me a favor and they make you give 30 days, you know, you have to give 30 days notice. And I said, no, my last day will be January 31st. February 1st, I took the leap and it has been moving ever since. I, you have to trust and know that $300 a week. Now, most, most of the time I can do $300 in a day. Give me a break. Yeah. You know, what fear was I keeping around me to not move forward? Mm-hmm. Right. And so that, that was the J-O-B freedom. So we've got the personal one that you said with a divorce. Then we've got the career one with, see you later, you know, good luck replacing me. I love that. So was that this year that you, or was no, it last that year? Was, um, that was, I was thinking about it December, in December of 2020. Okay. And then January came and I gave my notice January 1st, 2021. So it's been a little while now that I have um, been loving this success as full-time freedom entrepreneur. Yeah. Yes. I love that for you. I love that you left and told them that it was due to your values not aligning. That was the reason for me going full-time. I went full-time in my business in 2019, Um, so I quit my job, which was not planned. I was planning to stay at least another year because I wanted to save up more money, but just working at a place where I just did not feel good. And I knew I had to get out of there for my own, you know, mental health. Um, and so that's why I quit and it's been a roller coaster (laughs) on my own, but I, I would hate to go back to a job. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's truth. 
I'm not doing that. I am not doing that. Nope. Right. Nope. Right. Yeah. That's really good. Um, so now did you say that you have, you have a team or you like work with interns? How does your. It's always off and on. Okay. Um, you know, for 12 years, I used to teach interns from universities about gerontology, which is a study of aging. So I've always taught. I've always taught in one form. I, I lectured at different universities for 25 years. I've always had people that want to learn from me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I haven't done it in a while, but I have so many different clients wanting to learn what I do, you know, and they want to learn and either bring it into creating a business for themselves or into their everyday lives. And so right now we have, we're going to start at October 1st. It's going to be a whole new program, the entrepreneur, or the, uh, excuse me, cancel, um, the intern program and the volunteer program. And so we've got people scurrying right now to hand in their applications for the volunteer program. And uh, it's just interesting because, you know, people see me on the news or they see me at big corporate events. We just went to San Francisco to provide sound healing for the company Intuit Hmm. that makes like QuickBooks and all kinds of big things. And we were the sound healers there, you know, and I, it's difficult to travel, even though San Francisco's basically right around the corner, you know, I think it's about a five out four or five hour drive from Reno. And I took somebody that loves purposeful living, you know, and she set up, she helped me set up the gong and the singing bowls. And um, she was my right hand woman because doing those things and you're at an event, everybody wants to talk to the main person, you know, so I can't be doing five different things at once. So it's super important to possibly learn how to delegate some of your responsibilities. And if you can do it with bartering or um, internship or, you know, those are great until you're ready to either collaborate with those people or bring them on as employees. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. How often do you get to take time away from your business? Well, what does that mean? Does that mean on a daily basis, weekly basis, yearly basis? What are you envisioning? Meaning like throughout the year, do you, are you able, well, some business owners, they rarely take any time off, but um, like, do you get to take some time off each quarter or maybe during the summer? Like, do you take vacation time ever away from your business? probably too much. Um, oh, <laughs> probably too much. Uh, I, I really enjoy doing that every month. Um, oh, I really do, but I am doing my best because my partner is still working a job. Yeah. And so, you know, he has vacation hours and things right. like that. So, um, you know, he's always watching those and it, it, he's still in that mindset right now. Um, but I like to once a month if I, if I can, um, no, let's cancel that. I like to, when I can, you know, and if it could be every single month I would, but toward, toward the fall, 
late summer, fall, it feels like I am a few times a month, every month until the new year. Okay. So yeah, this month or October, we're, ha- we're holding our first retreat and it's connecting to your higher self. It's learning how to connect to your higher self. I announced that Shayla, I announced it and within 24 hours, it sold out. And so even though that's some work, that's still, it's a retreat, you know, and I have yeah. like four or five teachers helping me with that retreat, teaching their own things. So I don't know if that's actually work or a job because you're getting to spend time with your students and clients and people that you love and care about. Then I'll come home, spend two weeks um, doing some public speaking, some sound healing, things like that. And at the end of the month for October, traveling over to San Francisco. So yeah, I, um, it's something I truly enjoy is having that downtime to explore and be my best self because I have to recharge myself for all, you know, giving, 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 giving. If my cup, if my cup is empty, how can I support my clients or students? Exactly. Nothing there. Mm -hmm. But super important, super important. Yeah, that's how I feel. Um, But you're probably (laughs) one of you might be the only person that I've ever spoken to to say they take too much time away. Like mostly it's barely any, <laughs> which is one of the reasons that I started this podcast. Well, let me tell you, when I was when I was working that job at the end, I was working at the nursing home and running purposeful living and running myself into the ground, teaching yeah. people how to live their best lives. How yeah. stupid how stupid. Cause I'm not, you know, I'm not standing up and supporting my belief. You know, I, right. I'm false. I'm false. And so I remember one night I was, it was a, a winter night and I had worked with the Alzheimer's clients throughout the day. I had to run and go get my bag in the break room or whatever. And the um, where is it? housekeeper, she passed me and she said, can I say something to you? And I said, of course. I said, I'm in a hurry. I got to get down to purposeful living to do a session. And she says, you look like a walking zombie. I said, excuse me. She goes, I don't mean anything bad by it, but you look really bad. She, you know, and I was literally killing myself by doing all this to promote my business, to teach people how to live. (laughs) What? I'm not practicing what I preach. And so from that moment on, I was like, okay, okay. I have to be true to my word. You know, and I have to step out of fear of holding on to that job so tight that I need this to pay my rent, you know, for, for my building and things like that. No, no, trust, trust. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So we are getting close to our time, but I wanted to ask about the best vacation that you've ever taken, because we started talking about this um, earlier and I want to, I want to hear about it again. (laughs) So I will, um, it's a super long story, but I will do my best to um, sort of break it down. So I, at this present moment, I am 51 years old. And back in the 80s, I was in love with a band called Poison. They sing Every Rose Has Its Thorn, uh, Something to Believe In. And I loved, 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 loved Brett Michaels. I was probably his number one fan. And at 
18, on my 18th birthday, I got pregnant. And the son that I brought to this world, his name is Brett Michael Davis. That's his <laughs> name. And when I turned 28, I was going to school with three kids. They were eight, seven, and newborn. And I was going to school and, um, no, eight, seven, and four. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Come on, 51-year-old brain. You can do it. <laughs> 28 years old, internet was just coming out and uh, there was a call-in radio show where you could call in and speak to Brett Michaels. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. Long story short, because I know we're really short on time and someday I might put this on a recording so people can, they love this story. They've had me speak about it at universities over the last 20 something years. <laughs> um, him and I became friends. We became friends. He, um, he, Hopefully you can still hear me. Let's see here. Okay. Um, yes, you can still. Yes. We're still okay. Yep. Sorry about that. Um, him and I became friends. Let's see. I was 28 when I made that call to the radio station. And when I called that radio station, the DJ says, well, if you're in Detroit, we're in Los Angeles. How are you listening to this, you know, station? And there wasn't back then like podcasts and radio on the internet right. and stuff. I said, I'm not. He says, you can't speak to Brett then. And he hung up and I was so determined. I called back and he answered and I said, you will put that man on the phone. <laughs> and for 30 minutes, it became the Lee and Brett Michaels show on the radio in Los Angeles. And he says, I got to meet you. How do I meet you? And I'm like, mm -hmm, okay. And so when I was 29, um, he treated me like queen for the day. He treated me like queen for the day. I was either 14 or 16 hours it was the most amazing day of my life, which I thought was the most at that time. And then I was getting, um, let me see, I'm, I know we're short on time, so I feel like I'm rushing. Let me take a breath. Okay. <laughs> so the next time I saw Brett, the next year, there was like 700 people waiting for his autograph. And they take me up to him and I asked if he remembered me. And at the moment he didn't. And then I said, I was the queen for the day. And he says, oh, I said, listen, I have a proposal for you. And he says, oh, okay. And he puts his hand on his chin. He's rubbing his chin. He says, go ahead. And I said, we're supposed to create a friendship. And he's like, hmm. And he's standing there and all these people are watching us. And he's rubbing his chin. And I said, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm feeling. We're supposed to create this friendship. And he says, I say yes. I was like, what? He goes, I say yes, let's do it. And I didn't know what I was getting myself into by him saying yes, because for my 30th birthday, this is probably my favorite vacation story, which is so much more than a vacation story. Yeah. He talked to his assistant and um, I should back up a moment because there was a time when I saw him again before this and he pulls me up on the bus and he says, I want you to live by me. I was like, what? And he says, I want, you heard me. I want you to live by me. I, Shayla, I stepped off that bus. I looked around. I said, am I dreaming? Can anyone hear this? Oh my God. Brett Michaels is saying he wants me to live by him. He pulls me back up on the bus. He's like, get up here. And we start having this conversation that he, you know, thought I would do better on the West coast than being in Detroit, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like star dazed. I, I'm like, what is going on? And go home. And um, over the next few months, I'm going to be graduating college. 
and he tells his assistant to call me and says, you know, Brett says you only turn 30 once. And I said, you only turn anything once. What is he talking about? She goes, he wants you to come to Los Angeles and look at houses or apartments, places to live. And I'm like, what is happening? So there's so much to just even to that story. Um, I was in for my 30th birthday. I flew to Los Angeles and he had the studio. They were recording um, the album called Holly Weird. Okay. And he wanted me to be the first person to hear that album before it came out. And so I was in the studio for my 30th birthday with all of them at one time with all of Poison. And let me tell you something, Shayla, it was rocking in there. It was so loud. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening right now? I mean, it was so loud and best moments of my life. And he was really laying it on thick for me to move out west. And I said, you're crazy. I walked the streets of, um, I can't even think, Sunset Boulevard, all those places, and saw the homeless people. And just, you know, I saw a lot of stuff. I said, there's no way I'm bringing my babies here. No way. And I never saw mountains before. You know, I'm from Detroit. And so just seeing like the ocean, that's the first time I saw the ocean and all this stuff. I went home and I knew I was getting, because that was at the end of February back in, was it 2001? Yeah. Went back home to finish up my school year and stuff. And as we're going home, I fell asleep on the airplane. And when I woke up, I was like, oh, my face hurts. What, what is happening? Well, I had laid against the window, you know, not the window, but the metal of the plane. Mm -hmm. And my face was stuck to the metal frozen because why? Back in the Midwest with the low temperatures and I said you know what yeah let's let's do something let's do something and so there's so much more that goes to it but we moved to Reno instead and um it's interesting I tell people I like moved out here to get a divorce and create my own empowerment and empower others but as much as I want to say that's my favorite my other favorite is being at Gold Beach in yeah. Oregon we went there last year, my partner and I, and we do a commitment ceremony every year instead of marriage. Okay. And so we find a place and we go there. It's, it's usually beaches and it's usually in Oregon. And we do another year commitment to each other. It's just us um, instead of doing a whole wedding or marriage or anything like that. And so we have our favorite place booked, Airbnb, for the end of December again in mm -hmm. Gold Beach, Oregon. Uh, that is my Pretty close to Brett Michaels' favorite. <laughs> Thank you for asking yeah. and listening. Yeah, you're welcome. You have such such great stories. I could listen to you all day. <laughs> yes. But so if anyone wants to connect with you, how should they reach out to you? I'm all over social media. Um, of course, they can they can look for l-e-i-g-h and then hearst h-u-r-s-t i think the picture right now is me sitting in front of a bunch of uh, singing bowls on facebook but also through purposeful living center or purposeful living healing center and some of the avenues with that and then the website is um, purposefullivingcenter.com and purposeful has one l a lot of people always think purposeful mm -hmm. but it's purposeful with one L and then livingcenter.com. Thanks for asking. 
You're welcome. So we'll definitely have your links in the show notes. But that wraps up another episode of the Freedom First CEO podcast. It was so great chatting with you, Lee. Keep doing this. This is fantastic for people. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Freedom First CEO podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please apply on our website at freedomfirstceo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode and want more tips, strategies, and inspiring stories, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, your freedom is within reach, so keep going.